welcome everybody to the River Valley Podcast. This is Kirk, and I'm here with Logan, Hello. as always, and hopefully you're doing well. Hopefully you had the best week of your life, and uh, you're doing great. Summer is halfway over. Can't believe it. That's it's crazy. flying by. Time just goes goes crazy, crazy quick, and hopefully you're enjoying it. Take your vacation. Pastor Rob teaches our staff, if you got vacation, take it. Uh, don't cheat. Don't cheat your workplace, and don't cheat your spouse. Don't cheat your life by not taking your vacation. You are not so important that you couldn't take a little time off and enjoy the summer and travel. Go go somewhere that brings you life, and you don't have to spend a lot of money. It could be it could be somewhere here in the Twin Cities. Go somewhere that brings you life. And I'm enjoying summer. I'm I'm about to spend a couple days off here, just a couple days. I'll be here for the weekend, but a couple days enjoying Florida, actually. Ooh. And I'm taking, Kaylee and I are taking Adley and Ivy. And we're just going to get in a pool for three days and really thankful to be able to do that. Logan, where are you right now? I'm in Florida. Man. What? <laughs> Crazy. I will not be enjoying Florida with you, though, when you come down here. Uh, no. Although that would be a fun time. But no, I'm down here um, with uh, one of our Kingdom Builders partners, One Hope, and have an event down here. Yep. So I'm I'm down here hanging out with them and enjoying my time here. It's it's warm in Minnesota this week, warm in Florida this week. So uh, obviously, it's it's summertime, but just having having a good time. I love Florida. I come down quite a bit, and yeah, you need it sometimes. But it's hard to leave Minnesota yeah, this summer. No doubt. Yeah, it's easy to come to Florida uh, in the winter. Dude, I think I think it'd be awesome to just share a little bit of what what One Hope does since it's one of our yeah. great KB partners. People hear that all the time, like, and there's a lot of hope out there. It's like Africa's Hope and One Hope and One Priority One, and you know, it's like a lot of there's different organizations that have similar names. What does One Hope do? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, we we have so many amazing Kingdom Builders partners. It's hard just to highlight one, but One Hope is a little bit special to us. In I actually interned with One Hope when I was eighteen. Lived in Beirut, Lebanon, for the summer. Yeah, that's right. And it was an amazing experience. I so, know Lebanese food is fire. <laughs> oh yeah, it's incredible. Uh, and like pretty good for you too. Uh, but yeah, give me some shawarma. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And I, when we were there, we ate the best sandwich in the world it was voted best sandwich in the world by like this london -uh. london event it was like this like group in london and they voted it it was called joseph's restaurant best sandwich in the world i don't know if it's still there but in beirut um but yeah one hope they started bob hoskins he he's an amazing amazing guy he's 87 and he's been in ministry for 80 years he was this year he's celebrating 80 years and we were at dinner what? dinner last night and he was telling us just stories about his 80 years of ministry and the call that God's put on his life and it's it's amazing to see he was he was preaching at 7 years old he was like a child preacher back when that was like a thing and he just Sheesh. he's always wanted to win people to Jesus so he started what's called the book of hope and it's essentially scripture that he gets into places and countries all over the world. They do work in every single country of the world. And mm-hmm. it's amazing to see what God has done there. They Charisma or one of the Christian magazines did a article about them. They said, the biggest nonprofit you've never heard of. And we were talking with them and they said, we just don't want to make it about ourselves, make it about who we are. But Bob, who founded it, and then his son, Rob, 
uh, our, our leaders at that. Both of them have spoken at River Valley many years ago. Yep. But we love the ministry they do. They give out the word of God. They maybe parents, if you have kids, they know Bible app for kids. One Hope developed that with Uversion. Kids Bible Experience, we use that as well. Um, Feed is a youth program that they do that our, our youth ministries have used. So it, you may not be familiar with what with who they are, but their work is integrated into a lot of things. And so we love their partner and really their heart is not just to create great technology, but it's to reach people with the message of Jesus. And they just crossed the 2 billion children reached with the word of God. And I can attest that their wow. ministry is not, you know, for maybe those who are listening like, okay, well, yeah, is that just like views on Facebook? They really track this really well. And so over the last 35 years and plus they've done They've reached 2 billion kids and now they have a new vision and just exciting things happening. So love learning about what they're doing. And, you know, for those listening with our Kingdom Builders partners, we vet them, you know, we are in relationship with them, but we vet them to to make sure that they're best in class partners. And so we have over a hundred different partners. And sometimes people ask, is it just people you have a relationship with? Or is it just people who you know, who, you know, you like their country? Some of those things could be true. Yep and they're a part of that, but we really are looking for the best in class for all those who give to kingdom builders. We want to see the greatest kingdom return on investment. And uh, one hopes one of those partners that gets the word of God into children all around the world. So, Yeah, they, they help do the Bible app with Life Church, uh, the kids Bible app, uh, all, the, all the different kids stories, which, um, I mean, I, I do those stories still every night with- And River Valley paid- uh, River Valley paid to get the Easter story developed. And so we, yeah. we yeah. if you watch that with your kids, like River Valley paid for that to get that developed. And then we also paid for like the Bible to be translated in, in Vietnamese and a couple different other languages. So, Might have been Hmong too. Hmong, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, that's awesome. And love that, you know, we can use this podcast as a platform also to share a little bit more context about KV partners. And so if you've given to Kingdom Builders, you've also given to One Hope and you just found out what One Hope is doing. And that's so cool. And uh, this weekend in church was was really enjoyable. We had a campus pastor preaching weekend and we're continuing the series on First Peter chapter four. I had the privilege to preach on Saturday over at Apple Valley. Um, and great. then across the campuses, uh, I was at Woodbury this weekend seeing Matt preach and just enjoying enjoying the Woodbury campus. I love being able to rotate still, uh, just h- highlighting and seeing what God's doing in our church, in and through our church. And so hopefully if you are in service this weekend, you're you're enjoying this series on First Peter. And I love just even the recap week after week. I, I really believe this, that you're gonna be in a situation, you know, next year or five years or the next time you read First Peter, you're gonna go, man, I remember that series. I remember the summer of 2023 where we kind of walked through chapter by chapter and we learned about the living hope or living stones. We learned about being hope holders as Pastor Rob coined it. And and this week we learned about more about the gifts of the Spirit, which I know there's some questions on on gifts of the Spirit. We've been talking about the Holy Spirit a lot, actually, on the podcast and in church and during Seek Week. But talking about those gifts, those gifts that God's given you, they gotta be on the move. They gotta be deployed. And so just just fun weekend in church life uh, in general. And yeah, just praising God. There's so many things I'd, I'd love to talk about and share, but would love to 
would love to do a couple questions and then we can do a message recap if we want. And time of prayer as always and, and songs being released. So Logan, I'll, I'll give it over to you if there's any questions. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to pronounce this name right. So I apologize. I'm just going to say B. It's K-E-Z-E-C-H-U-K-Z-U-K-U. But I'll say B. B asked the question. She says, how to approach coworkers and neighbors from a different faith about Jesus, example, Muslim, Hindu. I know a couple weeks ago we talked about LDS, um, but but yep. what would be your your recommendation to, you have friends, coworkers, neighbors that they're, they're not agnostic. They actually have another religion that they would say, this is my faith. Yeah, I think you start the conversation by telling them that they're wrong. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's probably not the best way to start uh, in winning over your friends that come from a different faith background. Um, no, I, I love the question. And if you're not asking that question, it probably means you don't have friends that, that aren't Christian. Um, or you're not taking the Great Commission seriously that we got to, we, we are on mission to reach people for Jesus. So what a great question. And even in my uh, neighborhood, we're, we're in a new neighborhood this year. And so I've been meeting our neighbors all summer long. And, and I know that there are, there are other believers in, in our neighborhood. And I know there are people from different faith background and their traditions are different. Their belief is different. The way they do family life is different. They even, you know, just, little things of like when I see them out and about, like their kids are out later than our kids. They, they have a different, like the totally different culture and context, but I, man, I care about reaching those people. And so I love, I love that the question's being asked and I'm just kind of just pausing before even answering. It's like, if you're listening to this, you, you need to think about that. You can reach not just the people that look like you, talk like you, think like you, that like, oh, I bet you they're Catholic or Lutheran and maybe they need to come to River Valley. It's like, no, God wants to use you to reach people from different faith backgrounds, even in your neighborhood or your workplace. And so uh, getting to answer the question, and Logan, I'd love for you to chime in too. I, I think uh, step one is like, do you know their names? Do you know uh, where they're coming from? Do you know their background? The fact that they're asking the question means you know a little bit about them, that they are coming from a different background, or maybe it's an assumption. And then vice versa, do they know that you're a Christ follower? I think I think there are there, there's like this level ground of, hey, I understand that you're a Muslim, and 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 over a lunch or a coffee or a conversation, being able to share, yeah, my family, my family and I were a part of River Valley. A church, a church just down the road, and and we're followers of Jesus. And uh, I, I think step one is just an understanding, do they know where you're coming from in regards to faith, and do you know where they're coming from? And I would then, you know, it's it's all contextual, but if I'm thinking about the neighborhood, I'm thinking this is a long game, not a short game. Like I'm not knocking on their door, inviting them to the church, and then, you know, or, or saying, do you know where you're going when you die? You know, just like, because I've got a, like I've got a short time. No, I, I, I'm thinking through the lens of I've got at least the next few years with these neighbors. And so I'd love to get to know their family, love to get to know their name. But in conversations about faith, I answered this last week, kind of a different question, but similar response is, 
whenever you're trying to win somebody to Christ, you there's a there's a level setting of belief. Like we do need to we do need to like do do we believe the Bible's the word of God and that it's true? Um, you know, and maybe maybe that's not the case. Well, do we believe it's a sacred text and a holy book? Just like maybe they believe the Quran is a sacred text and a holy book. Okay, the, okay, that's the framework we're starting on. Um, I, I think it's an understanding of like I'm living my life based on the Word of God. It's the true. It's the right way to go. It's the thing that brings life. And you know they're going to share about whatever their book or their resource is. You're going to grow these conversations. This is what the Word says. This is what the Bible says. This is what God's Word says. This is what the truth, this is what I believe is the truth, you know. Um, they're usually pretty quick in conversation. Um, it'll come up that, hey, don't we just kind of believe that all, all, if you believe in a higher power, then we're all just kind of going to the same place. So can we all just get along because we're all going to the same place? And it's like, yeah, we can get along, but we're not all going to the same place and not all sacred texts or holy books or whatever lead to the same place. And Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth and life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so that's usually like potentially the first like confrontation in a conversation about faith is I have to get out there in a, in a, in a nice, gracious way that I actually don't believe we're all going to the same place, you know? And actually there's one way to heaven. There's one way to salvation. Um, and so, but I, I'm not afraid of that conversation and I'm not afraid of getting to that point um, and doing that in a place of love and and discovering together. And so again, I'm, I'm answering this question kind of in a ethereal way or like, it's not like specific, but I'm viewing this as like, I'm going to have many conversations with this person in my neighborhood. And I'm going to slowly develop the fact that I'm a Christian. I believe the word of God is the way to live life. That's going to bring the best fruit. I'm also going to figure out what's the right time to say, Jesus, I believe Jesus is the only way to salvation. And he's the only one that could pay for our sins. And we believe in a God that would pay for our sin, forgive us of our sin, that wants to be in relationship with us, that we can talk to him through prayer. I can pray over them. Hey, do you have any prayer requests? This is a way of sharing your faith. Like, do you have anything that I can be praying for, believing for, that God would do in your life? And let's have the faith that God might answer that prayer. And that's how they come to faith in Christ is because God actually did the miraculous where the God they were serving before or the many gods that they believed in did nothing for them, but the one true God answered a prayer request. So, so that's kind of my, that's thought process over many conversations. Like that's what I'm getting towards. And eventually you got to share the gospel that we've all sinned. We've all fallen short, that we had no way, no matter how hard we try to get back in right standing with God, that God sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ from heaven to earth. Jesus lived the perfect life. We could never live. He died on a cross. The wages of sin is death. So he, what we deserve because of our sin was death. He took that upon himself, and it's the potency of his perfection that he rose again. He now has the power and authority to offer all humanity life in his blood. Like, and I know that it's like, it's like, what are we, what are we talking about? In his sacrifice, we now are offered life. And those who believe in him confess with their mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe that God raised. Jesus from the dead, 
you're saved. So you, you got to get to the point of sharing that. I think on a very simple and non-intimidating level, you can invite them to church. Hey, we'd love to have you just come check out church. Like super simple. Like you're, you would love to come to church. Hey, you got some young kids. You're, we got a great kids program. And if you ever, if you ever would love for something them to do on Saturday night or Sunday morning during our church services, um, if you're at Egan Monday night, hey, would love to invite you to our services. So that's kind of a, a long, Logan, I'll, I'll let you jump in. Just any thoughts you want to add to sharing faith with those from a different background? Yeah, you, you shared so many great thoughts. I, I'm, I think it has to start with a compassion and an understanding what you talked about. It's a little bit of what we talked about last week with the universalism and how that's not right, but it's a compassion for people because we deserve punishment. But I think in the same way, does that fear of the Lord turn you into somebody who's compassionate for the lost and who really cares about them? And I think sometimes as Christians, we fall into this trap where it's us versus them, right? Their religion versus our religion. Well, as believers, it's not us versus them. It is us versus the enemy. It's us versus the devil. And what yep. the devil is trying to do is he's trying to mess up people, turn them away from God so that they can suffer with him. Because we know yep. at the end of the story, the devil suffers as well. He doesn't rule over hell. He's not the, the ruler of earth. He is, he is scum of the earth. And because of that, he tries to take people down with him. And so he's using other false gods, false religions, whatever he can, sexual promiscuity, you know, lying, cheating, murder, adultery, all of these things to take people away from the love of the father that we've experienced. I think when you, when you look at it from that perspective, it's not how do I reach just somebody who's, who's another religion from me. It's how do I help people know about this love that I've experienced and what forgiveness truly means for me. And the way you do that is there's a lot of different ways, but I think it's through the way you live and it's what you just talked about, Kirk, but it can't be just through the words we have. You know, what, what does scripture say? It says, they'll know you by the fruit, right? They'll know you um, by the way that you exude love for people, the way that you stand firm in your convictions, even if you suffer for it. I think that a lot of people are unwilling to talk about their suffering because they're worried about people getting a bad idea of Christianity. But I think a, one of the greatest testimonies that we can do is show others how we suffer and how we live through our suffering. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a great testimony from one of our missionaries in Turkey where her husband died of cancer. And, you know, the, it, once they found out he had cancer, they had a decision to make. Are we going to go back to America and leave the Turkish people that we're trying to reach for Jesus? Um, or, you know, go back to America to, to get the treatment, to go through chemo, to do all the stuff. Or are we going to stay here and pray for a miracle, a healing miracle, and figure out, you know, is there local treatment that we can do um, and actually teach the Turkish people that don't know Jesus how to suffer and live with cancer, believing for a miracle with a hope that even if I were to die, I know where I'm going and with confidence. And this, this husband did end up 
passing away and is with Jesus now, but many Turkish people gave their lives to Christ as a result of the power of what it looked like for this man to live with cancer with a greater hope that I know where I'm going when I die and to even before that, to believe that God is able to do a miracle. And it was as a result of that faith and that confidence, that testimony that many Turkish people gave their lives to Christ. Just incredible. So Leah Bowles asks, what are all the gifts of the Spirit? Hey, great question. And yeah, I think it's worth saying again that God loves when we talk about the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is God. <laughs> it's just like, you know, hopefully you're you're listening to this and, you know, for the Pentecostals out there, they're, they're all excited about the Holy Spirit. But, you know, if you're new in this environment, you'd be like, man, another Holy Spirit question. It's like, yeah, the Holy Spirit's God. He is God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So gifts of the Spirit, this is a great conversation. There are five lists in the New Testament that share differing gifts of the Spirit. And I'll, I'll go quickly through all of the ones that are listed. But what it really symbolizes is there are many, many, many gifts of the Spirit. And obviously you are a unique human being. Like nobody has your fingerprint. Nobody has your same eyes. Like you are unique. God made you unique. And he wants to pour out gifts in your life that are on this list and and varying within the gift. It's like, you know, when we talk about pastor, teacher, you think about how many different styles of preaching and teaching there are. There's so many styles and uniqueness to each person. You are unique. And so all of these gifts and the way you embody them and the way they come alive in you is unique to what this world needs. And so uh, Romans 12, six through eight ha has some of these gifts that are listed, prophecy, serving, teaching, exhortation, uh, which is like supernatural encouragement. Uh, giving is a gift, leading, showing mercy, 1 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10, which this is the classic nine that many, many people reference. Uh, and some people believe, oh, those are the only gifts of the Spirit. It's like one of these nine. Um, and so word of wisdom, word of knowledge, faith, healings, miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits, tongues, and interpretation of tongues. In 1 Corinthians 12, 28 through 30, so the same chapter, just at the end of the chapter, it restates some of the gifts, some of those same gifts, but some new ones too. Apostleship, prophecy, teaching, miracles, healing, helping, administrating, tongues, and interpretation of tongues. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 talks about, uh, you know, some people talk about fivefold ministry gifts. Uh, and and these are also gifts of the Spirit, apostleship, prophecy, evangelism, pastor, teacher. And then 1 Peter 4, what we talked about this weekend in church was another list, and it's just two, it's kind of two generic gifts that um, kind of generalize all of the gifts that I just shared, and it's really word and deed, speaking and serving gifts. There's speaking gifts and there's serving gifts. And so, that's the that's where we find it in the New Testament gifts of the Spirit and um, you know when we talk about being full of the Spirit baptism in the Holy Spirit um, we talked about tongues last week uh, you know why does it feel like we elevate tongues well we're not elevating it it's the new gift that wasn't in the Old Testament we didn't see tongues and interpretation of tongues in the Old Testament but we did see a 
but we did see prophecy. We did see evangelism. We did see speaking, serving gifts. We did see uh, teaching, miracles, healing. Um, and so, anyways, the, that's the five lists. That's what we see in the New <laughs> Testament. Logan, anything you want to add to it? No, I think it'd be cool to maybe focus on a few from the first list because you yeah. talked about the from First Peter four. We've talked a lot about the the gifts of the Spirit in in the sense of the the active gifts of the Holy Spirit. But I think sometimes people miss that first list that God's actually given unique gifts to people and in how they're living their day to day life, how their personality is, what their means are. You know that maybe people misunderstand. So maybe we can just talk about a few of those. Um, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll throw out a couple. Um, exhortation is one. Giving is another. Leading and showing mercy. So let's just let's yeah. just dive into those. I'll start with exhortation because I do feel like it's a gift that I have. I I was young when I when when I started in ministry. I was I was really young, and the role that I had at, at the church in Texas that I that I started at allowed me the ability to travel and fill holes as a worship leader uh, across the country at different churches that had open worship leading spots they were looking to hire. And I, long story short, I was working with an organization uh, called Help Staff Me that was trying to help staff these churches. And while they were looking for qualified candidates, they needed somebody to lead worship like this weekend. And so the role that I was in at the church allowed me to be able to travel a couple times per month to a, a, a different church around the country and lead worship. And I wasn't, I wasn't candidating for those roles, but I was just filling a hole. And I remember being 20 years old thinking, man, what do I have to offer? Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lead worship and that's good, but what do I have to offer? And I remember, I really felt like from the Lord, you have a gift of encouragement. And I know it sounds like so cheap and cheesy, but I, I, I feel like I underestimated that. And I feel like there's a lot of people that underestimate a supernatural spiritual gift of exhortation or encouragement that you can turn around somebody's day. You could turn around somebody's life with speaking words of life into them. Think about it. When you were a kid, somebody in your life, almost guarantee somebody in your life said something in, said something to you that you didn't believe about yourself in a positive way. Like I see, Logan, I see this in you. You are this type of person. You could become this. You could do this. And some of that is prophetic, but also sometimes it's just, it's speaking life. We have a value, a staff value of speak life and bring lift. That's just who we are as a church. That's what we're gonna do as we're on staff at River Valley. We're gonna speak life and bring lift. Well, there is this supernatural wind that happens when you speak life into somebody and it's a spiritual gift that the person goes, wow, you said this one sentence to me that seems pretty simple, but I gotta tell you, it launched me into a decade of confidence. That is a gift of exhortation. And I remember being a young worship leader going, if I got nothing else to give, I'm gonna be the most encouraging person and I'm gonna be as genuine and specific as possible, but I'm coming to encourage that when I leave, everybody's feeling better about themselves, their church, and what God's doing in their community. That was my goal as a 20-year-old and to be honest, it's a lot of my goal today is I'm trying to leave people encouraged. Yeah, that you you have that no doubt. 
and yeah, I don't have that gift. And <laughs> it sounds savage, but can't wait to true. find out if you have mercy too. <laughs> I'll talk about mercy, but you, I'll, I'll talk about giving. You talk about leadership. I'll talk about mercy. But um, I, the gift of giving is another one that I think people miss. I yeah. think sometimes they're they don't know what that means, right? Well, I, yeah. I'm a giver, and we all God asks all of us to be givers. I mean, it's a theme throughout the the New Testament, sowing and reaping and being generous. And you see that in the New Testament church. But there are people out there that that is their unique gift, both in the way that they give generously through their means, but also the the way that they can generate income, right? And so there, some people just know how to make money, right? But when you do that for your own self gain, I don't believe that God is doing that and wants to bless you, but we've seen story after story after story of people in our church who give to kingdom builders and God blesses their business. He blesses their job. He blesses their situation so that they can be blessed to be a blessing, right? We don't give to get. It's not It's not for our own prosperity, but it's the, for the prosperity of others. But what we see in the parable of, of the talents is God rewards the person who gives a great return on their investment by giving them more. And so there are actually yep. people that God flows great means through. And again, everyone, there can be people with the gift of giving that maybe the amounts are not as high as others, but they have the gift. But I do believe that many people with the gift of giving, God wants to flow more means to you, more things into your life because he trusts you with it, because he knows you can handle it to get it into the right place. And you see this all throughout scripture where when people are not trusted with it, he takes things away. He, For some, he asked the rich young ruler, sell everything you have. Why? Because it was a heart thing. But there are some people who their heart is to get money into the places like where God needs them most. And so he blesses them financially. And then there's other people that it's crazy just how they can make money. It, they just, they they know yeah. how to make money and not in an unethical way, like, oh, I know how to make money. No, in an ethical way, but they just have a gift that God has given them. And that kind of leads us into leadership a little bit. Sometimes those tie together, but there is absolutely a gift where people give generously and God just flows it back to them sometimes in greater ways so that they can continue on with that generosity. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I, I am in awe of people that it is on their life, uh, in a supernatural way to earn a significant income and they know, they know why they're earning it. They know that it's a God thing that it's that the reason this is happening is yes they've got gifts and talents but it's it's on their life and there 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 are people it is just on their life and i want to affirm anybody listening that that you feel like you're in that category dude it's on your life god put it on your life and i pray that you recognize why and it is to advance the kingdom of god and I, I celebrate those that have the gift of giving, not more than anybody else, but, but it's not on my life. Just to be honest, it's, I, I live a generous life and I operate in a way of giving that plan, vision, dream. So, so I am living out what's not on my life is to earn an insane amount of money. I, I just, I don't, I don't have that. 
I every time I've tried to start a business or be entrepreneurial or to to do X, Y, and Z outside of local church ministry, it has failed. So, <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, because I because I I'm scrappy too. Like I, I want I want to do more for the kingdom of God financially. That that is our heart. Um, it's just like there are people that sneeze and have a successful business. You know, it's like, like yeah, and it's whew, it's like, a key distinction too. What you're talking about is it's not that oh well, I don't have the gift of giving, so I won't give. It's there is right. so much evidence in scripture that I mean that's we're all doing our part. We say this all the time at River Valley: don't do the math, do your part. What is God asking you to do? And all of us collectively. We can do this. Over 4,000 families gave to Kingdom Builders last year, which allowed yeah, us yeah. to reach $10.6 million. You know, it wasn't one family that came in and wrote a $10 million check. This was 4,000 families that said, we're going to do this, and we're going to, some of us are going to bring a small amount, others are going to bring a large amount, others have this gift, this spiritual gift, but it's not an opt-out. Just like, just like with hospitality or with other gifts that, you know, we maybe won't talk about today, you don't just get to opt out of living it, but there are others that have a unique gifting on their life. And so maybe you want to talk about leadership. I'll end with mercy, and then we'll end with prayer. Yeah, so so you know we live in a world right now where everybody's a leader and everybody can do everything, and we all get participation trophies, and it's all good. I, the gift of leadership spiritually is, and I and I, I'm also in awe of this. You know, I, we could use Pastor Rob as a great example of somebody that operates in the gift of leadership, not just because he's led River Valley to the point that it is, but I've seen Pastor Rob in crisis and in in uh decision making times where it's like i i do not know what the right call is you we could look at we could actually analyze how pastor rob led our church through covid and led as an influential voice other pastors of other churches they were looking to river valley gift of leadership man like because he was getting pelted left and right at everybody's thoughts about wrong call, wrong call. If I was leading the church, I wouldn't do that. I can't believe he's doing that. I can't believe he would say that. I can't believe he's that public, like hammered. And then now that we're through that season, it's like, oh, dude, gift of leadership, gift of leadership. I don't know how he saw it. <clears throat> I don't know how he knew it, uh, but he made so many right unpopular calls and that's gift of leadership is when it's on your life nobody around you knows what the right call is i don't know the solution i don't see it and it's like lord lord give me the gift of leadership in this give show me the solution show me the path show me how the how the water gets through the cracks to the other side like show me the the path the uncharted territory the thing the pioneering I don't, I've never been through this before, but give me it. The Lord's got the answer to every problem. And he puts, he, he puts it like a confidence on, on leaders for certain moments to lead through situations. It's a gift of leadership. You cannot read enough John Maxwell. You cannot do enough conferences to get it. It's a spiritual gift. That's a gift of leadership. I think the way I've thought of the spiritual gift of leadership is if you are in a room and a, and a crisis happens, who do people naturally look to? 
is it the person and, who's in and charge? Who, does, who steps up to the plate? Right, right. Like, like, and there are some people that don't have it on their life that think they do and step up. So I'm not saying that, but I'm saying in times of fight or flight, the person with the gift of leadership oftentimes is the person that says, all right, I'll do it. And, and not because they get any type of glory, but usually because there's a lot of pain involved. Right. But they're saying, I'm willing to take the leadership pain and I'm willing to lead through this thing. Maybe a helpful- And, and also to your point, who's looking to, towards it? Maybe a helpful way to put it is knowing you have the spiritual gift of one of these things is not just obvious to you, it's obvious to others, right? Yeah, which is a grace thing. Like sometimes like for for you to recognize grace on your life, for you to recognize a gift on your life is what's being affirmed by other godly men and women and other godly leaders. And they go, this is on your life. Mm-hmm. Um. I think that's a great point, Logan. What are what do people say about you? What's on your life? How do I know what gifts I have? W- what do people say about you? Man, you're you're always so encouraging. Wow. The Lord has blessed you with great resource and you are extremely generous to the kingdom. That you've got the gift of giving. That is amazing. Wow, how you led through something super dysfunctional or toxic or intimidating. You stepped up to the plate and had a solution that nobody thought of. That's a gift of leadership. That's a godly, the God's hand is on your life. That's a spiritual gift. So it's a great point. Yeah, and in, in our welcome home, we have spiritual gifts assessments where people, most people don't know what, what their gifts are, right? And so yep. people can take an assessment to help them understand their gifts. And I think another way that people can do that is by asking people. So maybe that's something that they do. If, if they've already done welcome home, you know, they can ask people, but if they haven't, do that. But just ask your friends, ask your neighbor, ask your someone at church, hey, do you, what would you say my gifts are? And people will tell you. And and I think people are often surprised to know, oh, you think I'm, I'm an encourager? I'm that much of an encouragement because it's so natural to them, but they don't realize yeah. how, you know, talk to me. It's not natural to me. <laughs> um, yes. The, the last one here, and then I want to get to prayer that you mentioned. It's not all of them, but we just said we'll yeah, talk about yeah. four, uh, is mercy. And mercy is a gift that I think is another one of those gifts that people don't realize it's a gift because it's so natural to them. But mercy is a a overwhelming compassion, empathy, burden for other people that that it, it it's a have to. It's not a want to. It's a I have to do something. I have to pray for them. I have to be by their side. And there's this this drawing into where not everyone's wired that way. And I think people with the gift of mercy are sometimes shocked to know like, wow, everyone else is horrible. Like they don't think like I do, but it's a spiritual gift that you are there. Many of our care pastors have this gift. Many pastors on staff have this gift, but it is, I have... I just have to do something because I care so much and your burden becomes my burden. I empathize with your pain. 
I, I want to help you. It's not a burden for me. I need to be needed. And, and sometimes the, the mercy gift can, can be twisted to feel like I need to be needed, like I have to be in the room. So that's something to, to be aware of. But let that compassion and mercy gift drive you to do great ministry. The question earlier about how do I reach out to or have a conversation with coworkers and neighbors of different faiths, people with the gift of mercy, they want to spend time with them. They're not saying, ah, well, I know you're going through a tough time. And if you want to talk about God, if you want to give them a chance, now would be a good time. The people with the gift of mercy, they don't ask those questions. They go right in. You're going through a tough time. Let me be with you. I have to be with you. I have to pray with you because that's the gift that God's given me. So I would say, if that's you and you're listening, lean into that, be on the prayer team, do serve your community, be involved to say, I like, I want to use this gift because that's a gift that I have. And so that's where I think people, as they start to look at the body of Christ, again, these were just four of them, but there's others. When they start to look at all these spiritual gifts, you start to see the church and go, oh my goodness, there are people that are wired that way. I've never wanted to be on the prayer team. There are people that love being on the prayer team, or I've never thought about being generous. There are people that love being generous. And again, we should all do parts of this in our walk with Christ. But when you can find your gift and live in that area, the church becomes so much more alive because you realize you're in the spot you're supposed to be in. So, Yeah, really, really good. And last thing I'll say is there is a difference between an inclination— and a wiring versus the spiritual gift and the fullness of that gift. Like, don't settle for, yeah, I'm just kind of wired that way. And that's just kind of, it's just kind of what I do. Like, ask the Lord, Lord, amplify, expand, multiply this gift in me. I don't want to just live off of natural talent or inclination or wiring. I want the fullness of the Spirit of God that if I'm an encourager, let it change somebody's life. If I'm mercy, let it change somebody's life. If I'm giving, let me make so much money and 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 give so much away that it would never be about me. It's about the kingdom of God, that it's going to change thousands. Like amplify and multiply these gifts. Don't settle for what is just a natural wiring, which still is from God. He made you. But that's why we pray for the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I I want the fullness of the gift. Amplify it, multiply it. Um, so yeah, don't settle. So good. I'd love to share some prayer requests that all those who are listening can be praying for. And uh, these couple from Woodbury, prayer for a friend who's questioning what's next with their walk for the Lord, that they trust in God, that they wouldn't walk away. A prayer for my sister that um, going into a biopsy done for bone marrow cancer, that she'd not be fearful. We were praying for healing for cancer for that from Apple Valley campus, praying for emotional strength and healing. I lost my husband recently and I'm a mom of two. Please, please pray for healing for me as well. About to have surgery. And so lost her husband, praying for that, praying for healing for someone else who had a spot on their head that they have a history of melanoma. We're praying that it would not be melanoma, that it would be gone in Jesus' name. Uh, Minatrista campus, pray for my back pain. I had two surgeries, haven't seen any improvement. Praying for my friend Dylan, who's struggling with depression and who's lost. Um, a praise report from there that, that I'll let Kirk share. Um, and then s- some other from Amanda on the app, 
that she'd find a group of Christian women to do life with. She'd find a small group praying for Wendy, uh, that she's praying for her family, that they'd surrender their, their life to the Lord. Uh, there's obviously so many other requests. These are just a small factor of them. Spencer's praying healing to keep sharing the gospel. He wants boldness. Bold month is coming up. Uh, oh, yeah. Maddie praying healing on her knee. So there's so many. There's praise report and then any other others you have, Kirk, and then if yeah. you close in prayer. Yeah, the need is overwhelming, but God's grace is sufficient, and he's always answering prayer. I, I love the praise report. You know, some, some mom's been praying for their son, come back to Jesus, like— you know, out wandering kind of prodigal son situation and just wrote in a praise that my son is considering coming back to Jesus yeah. and considering moving back to Minnesota. It's like, dude, this is, it's, it sounds, it sounds simple and you could breeze by that, but that's a mom that's desperate to see their son come back to Jesus. And it's happening. Like God is moving in this son's heart and there's a softening happening. And so we celebrate that, that, and, and just believe in faith that this son is, is coming back to Jesus. And, and it would be amazing too, that, that the next season, if they get to live in Minnesota together, that's, that's a bonus, you know, um, all good, but let's pray. And then we're going to hear a song, uh, a worship song together. Lord, we thank you for this time together on this podcast. And even though we don't know who all is joining and listening, um, I love the feedback that we do receive and the conversations that we do have around this. But God, you you see each person right now as we're listening, you see us praying. And so we come to you uh, with the authority in Jesus' name and and by the power of the Holy Spirit, we ask that, that you, Holy Spirit, you would heal bodies, you would you would restore marriages. You would you would remove cancer. The surgeries that that are scheduled, Lord, we we just pray that that the surgeries wouldn't even have to happen because there's a miracle move of God. Um, Lord, would you do the miraculous? Answer prayer. I'm thinking about the song we sang this weekend at at Woodbury as I was there on Sunday. More than able, God, you're not just able. You're more than able. What a statement. You're not just able. You are more than able. And so every need, big and small, even the ones that are so scary, and when cancer's involved, it seems like the scariest. God, you are way more than able to heal and to dissolve cancer in somebody's body. And so, Lord, would you do it? Let there be a testimony this week as a result of our prayer, not because we're praying, but because, God, you're so good and you do respond to prayer. Lord, you're able to do it. You're more than able to do it. I pray this in Jesus' name. Everybody said. Amen. Amen. We've come here to worship in all of your greatness. But none can compare to you with grace never Mercy unchanging No, none can compare With arms as wide as the open sky I give you everything Hallelujah, you are worthy Lord, I praise Because of who you are I know
River Valley Podcast. It would help us out a ton if you could rate and review this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and also share it with somebody. We hope that this isn't just for people in our church. We hope that this is people far beyond that, but we know that people in our church maybe don't even know about it yet. We're talking about it on weekends. We're sharing in announcements, but maybe you're a listener, but someone in your small group isn't or someone at your campus. So would you send it to them, share it with them so that they can receive this and then rate it wherever you listen so that more people can find this podcast. If you have questions about faith, about church, about belief, about theology, about the Bible, please submit your questions. You can find us on Instagram at River Valley MN. You can also uh, email us, fi- finding us on our website, rivervalley.org. Please, we want to hear your questions so that we can continue to answer those or at least respond to them here on the podcast. And again, thank you for listening. We'll see you in church this weekend.